Welcome to Parents Take Five, where we take five minutes of your day to share parenting and family tips that help you grow in faith. Here, we come to you in your car, through your headphones, on the go, while chasing your kiddos or texting your youth, wherever you need a little support in your day. I'm Jen Evans, Associate Pastor for Youth, Young Adults, and Families with Young Children at Second Presbyterian Church in Little Rock, and your host. If you have any questions or have ideas, you can find this Facebook group for podcast listeners by searching for Parents Take Five. That's F-I-V-E. With that said, I hope you enjoy this moment of sanity and growth catalyst. Don't forget to subscribe to my channel for more tidbits on the fives. Today we have a special guest with us. Elizabeth Lovell Milford, who is the mother of an energetic and always questioning five-year-old boy and a nine-month-old baby who appears to be following in his footsteps. She's a Presbyterian minister, certified Christian educator, and writer who serves as pastor of Heritage Presbyterian Church just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. She and her husband, Matt, do their best to live into and laugh at all the parenting things. So there are times, Elizabeth, I'm so glad that you're here, where I feel like there are parents where we just struggle with um, answering really difficult questions and really wanting to run away from them. I mean, I, I know that there are times where I want to put my head under the covers and I know that I should engage the question because I really do want to. And at the same time, it is kind of scary. And I hear it from parents so often that there are times where we want to talk about things because they're important. And at the same time, we're afraid of messing up. What do we do? Well, don't run away. <laughs> um, it's true. Especially if you're in the car, you can't escape. And I think kids come up with times to ask us those questions when we are trapped literally um, in, in a vehicle with them and in a confined space. Uh, my son also loves to ask them right before bedtime. It's like yeah. those deep, thoughts that he has right before he goes to sleep. And you can't leave a big question out there, right? Right. You wonder, is it a ploy to stay awake or does he really want to know? And right. the answer is yes to both. <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing to do is to not run away, but just to sit with them in the question. One of the things that I find is when my son is asking big questions, he just turned five. So I live with questions 24 seven from him. Mm -hmm. Um, when he is asking all those questions, a lot of the times he's asking for factual information, but more he's asking for a space to sit with them and to wonder together about them. Mm. And so how, how do we do that? I mean, I, I know that like, there's always the sit quietly and mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and hug them and give them the head nod and, and that type of thing. But we, what else can we do while the insides of us are like freaking out that we are trying to think about what to say next instead of listening. But um, so what do we do? What do we do? Sure. So kids are naturally contemplative, but that doesn't mean they're naturally quiet. Um, <laughs> a lot of times they're external processors, right? Uh, and some of them like to just sit with big questions in silence, but most of the time you're going to get rapid fire questions, right? You're going to get eight questions and those eight questions may not match each other. Right. So we'll get big theological questions like who made God along with why is my window closed? Mm. Um, you know, or why, why is the sky blue or um, why are we having hot dogs for dinner again? 
Um, right. right. So do you think that that means that they have moved on or do you think that they're still processing that, that really deep question? My sense is that they just have so many things swirling around because there is so much to observe and explore in the world that it's almost stream of consciousness. Mm. And for children, whereas adults, we compartmentalize kind of different areas. Okay, now I'm going to think about this. Now I'm going to think about that. Um, And we get distracted too, but not as much. Children just experience everything as a whirlwind all at once. In many ways, that's a really beautiful thing about the spirituality of children. Mm-hmm. Because they don't compartmentalize God into one set of this is the time I can ask questions about God. Uh, yeah. The questions children ask about God and about faith come intermingled in daily life, mm. which means they're going to trip you up and surprise you because you're just driving them to preschool. You're just taking them to soccer practice. You aren't ready for a theological conversation. That's, that's set up, right, for this hour or two out of your week. It happens at a certain time or place or even your family devotion time. It doesn't happen when you're on the road. But for children, it does because they experience God in the midst of everything. How do we capture that? I think we name it. We acknowledge it. We affirm to them that it's a worthwhile question. Mm. We don't have to necessarily answer it, although we can. There are some times when we can absolutely answer the questions that children give us about faith, and that's good. We rely on our understanding of scripture. Um, We rely on our engagement ourselves with faith. And when we're engaging in faith in our personal lives, we're more ready to answer questions of our children. Yeah. Um, But the best answer I think we can give Um, is one that I learned doing children and worship programs, Godly Play, those of you that are familiar with that model. It comes out of a Montessori um, basis, but it's to sit back and just say, I wonder. Mm. I wonder is this non-anxious way of dwelling in the question, of sitting in the question with them. Um, It doesn't prescribe an answer. It doesn't force a yes, you're right, or no, you're wrong. Sometimes I think the best thing we can do as parents, especially with theology to our children, is to say, I have those questions too. And to say, I wonder, brings us to a space where we can kind of be drawn in to conversation together. I wonder introduces the opportunity for conversation. So I wonder isn't just, let you can leave it at that. If like you have no clue how to answer it, just say, I wonder. Hmm. That will sometimes prompt your child to keep wondering. I wonder, what else do you wonder about that? Um, Sometimes it lets you offer an answer. So I, you know, if your child says, who made God? Say, I wonder, I wonder if God was always present. I wonder if God always existed. Your child can argue with you on that, but I wonder sets it up less as a, I'm right, you're wrong. And more as a, let's just throw stuff out on the table together. Yeah. Isn't that what it means to be in faith community, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, I wonder what you think about God. You can even ask, I wonder what made you ask that question. Hmm. And then they get to the root of it. If they're wondering who made God, well, because God made everything and they were studying the story of creation. Um, My son asks a lot, who made made buildings? Did God make? make the buildings? Did God make all these inanimate objects? Yeah. I wonder, or I wonder if God made people who made these buildings. The next time he has that conversation, he starts processing, 
the, I wonder who made that. Oh, God made the people who made that. So it becomes a teaching yeah. technique. There are, there are actual answers that you can give in it. It's not totally a cop-out, um, but it's a way of teaching um, that invites wonder and lets you live into the mystery when there aren't answers. Man, that is beautifully said, Elizabeth, beautifully said. I think that is such holy space when we can enter into that with our kids. And I think it takes a strong parent to be able to say, I don't, I don't know. I wonder to be able to sit in that space where I think the world many times puts adults in a space where we have to be authoritative and um, we're supposed to know and not, you know, not knowing would show some form of weakness. Mm -hmm. And this, provides a different kind of space where we can say, let's learn together. I hope that you've enjoyed having a few minutes to help you recenter, refocus, and reflect on family and faith. As you think of questions or ideas that you'd like for me to explore on the podcast, reach out. Check out secondpreslr.org for my contact information, or you can find me in the Facebook group. I hope that you'll take five with us again.